Welcome to episode 165 of the Gen Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I am Tyler, and joining me we have Justin. Hello. And we have uh, Gables. What's up? Ahoy, hoy, I'm here. Alright. <laughs> so, uh, those of you that have not listened maybe the last couple weeks, uh, we are doing our top 30 games of all time. Uh, this is part 3 of that of those games, or of these podcasts. Uh, so if you have not listened to episode 163 or 164, I highly recommend you go back and check those out. They're pretty good. Um, and lost prizes and just fun conversations. Uh, but this is uh, the final one. This is 10 through 1 for us. Um, we're going to start off with me going uh, with number 10. I am not prepared at all. Let me get my notes out. Killing time by talking. <laughs> I am ready to go. It is uh, 2000's WWF SmackDown. Uh, this is the best wrestling game uh, with no question of all time. Uh, no argument can be made about it at all whatsoever. My list is final uh, by law. It, uh, I, I like the 64 ones and stuff like that, but I never really got really into them. And this one really hooked me when it actually had like a, a career mode. There's no stories or anything like that. It was all really kind of random, uh, randomly based. But I remember I um, remember this game came out in 2000. I remember I, I started my career mode with The Rock, and I remember getting well into the, like the 2020s <laughs> playing this game. And that's like doing Raw, SmackDown, and then pay-per-views. So you're talking 120 wrestling uh, matches every year. And I'm winning all the titles, doing the Royal Rumble every year. I fucking hated the cage matches, though. Because you had to, like, button mash <laughs> for, like, 45 seconds. I'm not even fucking kidding. I remember kidding. this game. I hate this now guy. I, the cage matches. I hate the goddamn cage. I hit, like, eight rock bottoms. And he'd still get up, and I'd still have to hit, keep... It was, oh, yeah, oh, I pissed hit me rock off. bottom. I remember you screaming that. It pissed me off. I hit, like, I hit eight... I built up all five specials. Hit him in a row, and I'm like, all right, that's got to be enough. And he'd get up right at the end and shake the ropes, and then fall all the way out the bottom. You could, like tap buttons as fast as you can for like it sucked. I hate that. But anyways, this is the, the best games. Uh, I played the shit out of this. I remember having so much fun with this. I remember like with the uh, I didn't have a, I think I don't think I had a TV in my room at this time when I was, I was really little, and my dad would be asleep during the summertime, and I had to be like super quiet. Like I'd play on the floor under in front of him, and have the volume like super low. We can just barely hear it. And just fucking kept play, playing it like super late at night. Um, but yeah, that's my number ten. Uh, do it nice. SmackDown. Awesome. Uh, my number ten is Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. Oh wow! Whoa! Uh, I think Wasn't expecting that shit. Man. Wow. <laughs> uh, they finally nailed uh, the motion controls of this game. It feels amazing. Uh, this game, Skyward Sword, has probably my the most fleshed out story to a Zelda game uh, it's it's very good I remember that standing out very much uh, there's quite a few cutscenes in this game uh, spoiler alert it's like right at the beginning you uh, you actually like 
good friends with Zelda from the beginning. Like, she's not, like, a mysterious character at all. Like, she is right there the whole time. Like, and uh, she's just one of you. Uh, But she is... I think she might still be a princess. I don't really remember that part. But she she doesn't seem like... She she just acts like a... uh, She's down to earth. Yeah. In a way. As far as, like, Zelda games go. Play Jane Carroll. Like, fantasy type of game. Uh, Like... Uh, the flying mechanic in this game is really cool. It kind of reminds me of like a different take on like uh, Wind Waker, how you can go around from place to place. I will say it it was not as fleshed out as Wind Waker in that sense, at least with the flying with a bird. But once you once you play more of the game, there's other things in this game that uh, like that kind of it's 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 cool and it's there, but it's not it's not the main thing. It's like, there's so many things going on in this game. Uh, the the art style is very. It's actually one of the. I still haven't played a game like it yet. Uh, it has this weird. It's a. It's obviously a filter to make it because you know the Wii wasn't super powerful at all. It's obviously a filter to hide things, but but the way they did it, like it, it's so cool. Like every little thing, even people, even characters, uh, when you get a certain distance from them, like everything slowly turns into. Uh, what's it called? An impressionistic painting, mm-hmm. and that's how like it's watercolor looking. Like it's I've never seen a game do that, and I'm still. That's one thing that really stuck out to me. I was playing it uh, from a visual perspective. Um, really love that. Uh, this is the only first and only Zelda game that I beat all the way through. Then before I even turned off the system, I started playing it again. And you get like a, so you can do it hero mode. Yeah, I played through the whole thing. Like, and it's a pretty long game. I, I fucking flew through it. Had so much fun. It, it really was, like, it truly was revolutionary. Like the combat with the Wii mode and everything, like one to one with your sword, and the way you approach fighting enemies. Uh, yes, there's still things they've always had in the game, like Z targeting, but just just the way you go about, like, the enemy's design completely changes because there's ones now. Where, oh, you start like you don't notice it at first. But then you suddenly realize, oh man, this guy's got like a weird little spot missing over here, over here, and like, uh, or like, oh man, this person's only weak spot's right in the middle, so you just thrust the sword right through his belly or whatever, and uh, it just feels so good to do that. And there's actually moments in the game, it's funny because it's like, actually the name is Skyward Sword, there's moments in the game, I kind of forgot what it's for now, uh, I haven't played it for a while, I want to go back and play it soon, you actually like lift up. Uh, your Wiimote up in the air like, towards the sky and it does something in the game and it all light like your sword lights up and stuff so I just thought it was kind of funny it's like a skyward sword but uh, uh just there's this the, the ending segment of this game is could be my favorite ending segment in this other game like just just the uh, the puzzles and the there's there's a lot of surprises in this game a lot of cool things that like I never expected like you thought the game was over and then it's like oh shit there's this whole other part like that happens a lot in this game and uh yeah I there are things I don't like about it like I don't like how the only way to get from like it, it's it's unique in the game it's cool like to fall into a new area is like falling through a little hole in the sky like you kind of fly towards it it looks like a warp thing kind of yeah then all of a sudden it has like a cutscene where you're flying down yeah it's really neat though because it you're flying it feels like when you hit the ground like on, a, on virgin soil like there's only like critters there and stuff like that 
But uh, yeah, I fucking love this game. I, I wish, I wish everyone could play this game, because not everyone likes using the Wiimote or can use it that well, especially if you're left-handed. I hope someday they can make this game, uh, so you can play the contr normal controller, more yeah. normal controller. But yeah, that's my number ten. Right. I'm gonna pretty long there. Yeah, you're right. This is our top ten, so it makes sense. <laughs> Uh, number 10 for Gables. Mass Effect 2. Oh, wow. Shwee. Mass Effect 2, the side missions and getting to know each of your crewmates before recruiting a lot of them to go to that last Reaper mission, that was pretty fun in and of itself. It's just crazy how, like, a lot of the game in and of itself, yeah, it's the middle of the series, but I feel... More or less, it's the best of the series because of how much you get to, like, explore in terms of, like, the character development between you and your crewmates from, like, Morden Solace to, like, uh, to, like, Miranda Lawson to, like, like, uh, like, Thane and stuff like that and all these other, like, uh, characters you meet throughout your journey and stuff. I mean, sure, you could choose to recruit them or destroy them based upon what your actions are. I mean, having Legion, your whole Geth crewmate and stuff like that and, like... Having, like, uh, Grunt and stuff, the Krogan, stuff like that. It was... I could just remember all these... All these awesome, like, story moments. But the thing about it is the gameplay is there, too. It's a great third-person action game It's in and of itself. I mean, sure. It took out a lot of the RPG elements, which people loved in the original Mass Effect. And I did, too. But at the same time... The game is much more accessible to play, in my honest opinion, than the original Mass Effect... And I really loved the story aspect of it more so than inside like uh, certain parts of the original Mass Effect. But uh, but yeah, you know that's pretty much my number ten game, Mass Effect Two. You know, it's just fucking fantastic. I can go forth, and I've done a couple dozen playthroughs, but I've never been able to beat it on the hardest <laughs> difficulty to get a platinum for that game. <laughs> Very cool, man. Someday uh, I'll play a Mass Effect game. You should. It's great. Three's okay. Um, <laughs> three's great. Just the last twenty minutes sucks. Um, my number nine is uh, this is the greatest uh, game in that franchise. Um, definitely top eight. Um, 2005's Mario Kart DS. Uh, oh. I I always liked the Mario Kart games, but never really got into them. Like I thought Double Dash was okay. Six Four version Dash. was okay. Super Mario Kart was awesome. Uh, but Mario Kart DS was the first one I really really got into. I remember I got this for Christmas. And I, um, this is bad, and like, you, you could do the online play. I went, I bought the, uh, online, I ordered the, uh, on Christmas Day. My mom bought it for me, or my parents bought it for me when I told them about the online play for it. The Nintendo Wi-Fi stick. Oh, yes. And we bought, like, the, like, the super long USB cable, and, like, we uh -huh. ran, and my room was downstairs, and we ran, like, my dad put a hole, like, drilled a hole into the floor, and, like, and I literally hung, uh, in the back part of our basement. <laughs> So, because you had to be within like fifty feet of it, and like so, I can get good good connection just for this game. Um, oh, that's awesome. I played this game for years. My my pooping time has not has not been the same since. <laughs> I used to play this game. I used to do the time awesome. trial, try to be all the ghosts and shit. Uh, I probably beat uh, like uh, the one hundred and fifty, the mirror mode, all that shit, five six times over again. Yeah, um, I remember like doing the. You could do like your own, uh, like tournament stuff where you can like you can have teams i used to do teams and i would do um like three versus nine and i put them on like the hardest difficulty so i only had three people on mine and see if i could still win 
And I do the same thing with Battle Mode. I play this shit out of, like, Battle Mode. Just by myself, even. Like, I oh, played, yeah. I played this game for years. And, like, I think this is the first one that had um, uh, drifting in it. You get the yeah. boost from it. And just finding every, like... I was so good, I, I would get, like, I'd get turbos or I'd get boosts along straightaways just by drifting real quick. And, like, uh, just trying to see how well, see how fast I can beat this how fast my times can be. Uh, trying to beat everything with 60 points um, every single tournament. The map uh, on the bottom was cool. Oh, yeah. You see, like, details of, like, characters spinning. Mm-hmm. Like, their head would spin and stuff. I think this is the first one that had the, the baby Mario course or whatever. It was just, like... Baby like, Park? Baby Park, yeah. It's from... No, Baby Park is from Double Dash. Double Dash. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was one of my favorite courses. That was that an one. awesome one. Because it's got, like, what, eight laps? You said it's eight laps, I think. Something like that. Yeah, it was, like, the first one that actually had more than three. Um, but, yeah, the, that's uh, my number nine, Mario Kart DS. Very cool. I love that game. My number nine, Mighty Number Nine. Is <laughs> Super Mario Brothers on oh, wow. NES? Uh, this game is definitely out of all my games on this list is the most nostalgic for me. But that's not why I have on this list. There's definitely some of that, no doubt. Um, whenever I play this game, especially now that I've played Mario Maker, like even more now after that, anyways, I realize there's nothing in that game. That is not there to teach you something without telling you anything. Like, I, I, the first four jumps to the first level, you hop on the small pipe, the bigger pipe, bigger pipe, bigger pipe, then you do it again. If you have the same timing, you will land right into a hole. Like, there, there's things like that. Like, this, this game just teaches you so well. Like, all you do in this game is move around, r- jump and, you know, run and jump, and eventually you get a power up you get bigger, like, it, it this, if anyone's having trouble making a game, like, this game is so fantastic to look at, it's so simple, and it's so, it feels so good, everything about the movement, uh, I love the fucking music, I love the simplistic Bowser boss battles, <laughs> jump over them, or if you want to, this game gave you choice, you can shoot them with fireballs. You know, <laughs> first, first game with choice. No, that's not true. Uh, just yeah, it's I fucking I had to have it on here. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Yep, Super Mario Brothers number nine, Mighty Number Nine, Mighty Number Nine, very cool. <laughs> better uh, than Mighty Number Nine. Better, yeah, I, infinitely more uh, times better than Mighty Number Nine. Um, Gables number nine. Speaking of a game that's better than Mighty Number no. Nine, Super Mario Brothers Three. <laughs> Should we just do a list like and name off every game that's better than Mighty Number no. Nine? That might be the longest <laughs> podcast in history. Every game, <laughs> every game ever, made. besides Resident Evil Six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done. But anyway, Super Mario Brothers Three. This was the only game that I could really think of that I had a hard time placing because I wanted to be inside my top ten. I've drifted across a couple times, but anyway, Super Mario Bros. 3 is, I credit it to being the first game that really got me into video games when I was a little kid. But, oh man, I love playing Mario 3. I've bought it multiple times across multiple consoles, and for good reason too. It's still fun as hell to play to this very day. Replayability, that's the number one thing that I tend to look for in my games. And obviously a lot of it comes for Nintendo systems. But 
With Mario Bros. 3, you had the different types of uh, worlds that you could experiment with, with different types of power-ups, the Fire Flower, the Frog Suit, the Hammer Brothers Suit, and if you go through specific levels and stuff and collect a certain amount of coins, you get, like, coin ships to appear, you get a white toad house you can go back to and, like, do a lot of the various other types of, uh, you know, get little hidden items as well. You can turn into a fucking Tanuki if you wanted to, like, the statue and, like, slide across without the enemies even noticing you're there. <laughs> oh, man. It's it's just, like, crazy, like, how creative they got in the whole, like, uh, the whole, like, you know, theater-esque type of presentation style, even from the opening introduction and stuff, when you see the three, when you see, like, all the characters going across stage and stuff like that mm-hmm. and doing this and that. But... Mario Brothers 3, it was actually the second game that I beat <laughs> when I was a kid and stuff like that. I credit Mario World being, like, the first game that I beat, but the second is Super Mario Brothers 3. But, like I said before, it took me a while just to beat the final boss for that, because as a kid, you know, with, like, Bowser comes through, it's like, what the fuck? I don't know what to do here. It's like, oh, okay, so I have to have him crash through these rocks and stuff like that. And once I figured it out, it's like, oh, hey, I beat the game, you know, did this and that. But, uh, dude, this Mario 3, number 9 on my best games of all time and stuff like that. Awesome. <laughs> real, so, hey. Real quick, I just want to say, uh, it's it kind of hard for me to imagine, especially playing 3, that it came, it's on the same system as the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it looks insane. I know. How the graphical style yeah, of the NES crazy. came from that, yeah. the Mario Brothers to Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> hmm. Alright, uh, moving on to number 8. Minor 8 is 2005's Resident Evil 4. Um, so I, I've talked about this in the past. It, it didn't hold up very well for me recently. And I, it's a weird thing with this list. I was like, where games, like some of these games, they don't hold up. You know, maybe, maybe not for you guys, but for me, a lot of, some of these games I played, they don't hold up for me, but I can see why at the time. But for its time, you got it's hard to get, separate nostalgia sometimes with these games. But at the same time, I appreciate what these were at that that point oh, in time. Yeah. And at this point in time, this game was revolutionary, not only for the series, by being really like the, the peak of it and everything falling apart after this game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just fucking great game. I love the whole story. I love, like, the, the scene where, like, you're in the you're in the house with the other guy. I know what you're talking about. And you're just, like, yeah. like you, get, you fight the horde of zombies. And every Resident Evil game has done it since... And it's just it doesn't. It's never as good. Yeah. The, the only like, feels a little meaningless. Yeah, and like the one complaint was like my one complaint is like it's like it turns to like an escort mission, like the whole like this, like ladder. Oh, the yeah. least favorite part of the game. Yeah, with all that with Ashley and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. yeah, and then like at the end where she like asks you have sex, and you're like, no, I'm good. Or <laughs> <Does laughs> she ask you that? Not like straightforward, but she like 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 we should like I can't remember that. She get a room like, together. Something like yeah, we should like. Yeah, I, I can't remember the line, but it was like a weird like she basically said, "Let's go have sex," and he said, "No." Uh, don't it's ask. Leon, man, he's mysterious. She she was hot and surprised the star. I know. <laughs> Maybe it's good reason <laughs> not to get surprised the star. Yeah. Uh, but I remember beating, playing through this game. I remember trying to see if I could beat this game uh, and kill a thousand zombies in one in one camp, one go or one story. And I remember like one point getting like nine hundred ninety something. I'm like fuck, so I had to do it all oh, over again. Man. Uh, and I, I had every weapon maxed out. I uh, oh. one of my crowning achievements was actually uh, in gaming was getting an unlimited rocket launcher. <gasps> you which, oh my which, god! Yeah, which was, so which was a million dollars a million, in that game, yes. and that's after I, I unlocked everything. 
Oh my god. I mean, god. It, probably, it took me eight, nine playthroughs to do it. And then I actually, the very last time I beat the game, I went through the entire game with only using that weapon. And it kind of like oh. broke the game and like it made it. <laughs> it was actually like, it was actually a pretty bad playthrough. Uh, you pretty much beat everything in one move. This is um, the best mercy. That sounds pretty cool. Yes, oh yeah. <laughs> what you selling? What are you buying? Buy it at a high price. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the fighting uh, Kaiser, I think it is. The whole yeah. like, went back when uh, 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 fuck what they called it. It was uh, like the first game. Quick, for the quick time events. Quick time events. Yeah, back when they were still cool. Yeah, uh, it felt that cool. whole boss battle when you're like it's quick time events was awesome. That whole knife fight was fucking Yes, sweet. it was, dude. Uh, that's probably my favorite part of that whole game um, at that time. But yeah, that's, that was awesome. That is my uh, number eight, uh, Resident Evil 4. Very cool. <laughs> my number eight is Resident Evil 2. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I, this, I put the GameCube one down, but it really wasn't really remastered. I think it's more just of a, a port of the PlayStation one. Yeah. But I played on GameCube, so I put that one down. Uh, th- this game has Leon in it. Uh, Leon S. Kennedy. Uh, it's just the way that it changed from the first one. They adapt. It actually like starts like the night of or like the next day. It starts. It's it's like, pretty, I think it's like two weeks later. Is it two weeks later? Something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe three is. It's been a while since I played this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, this one has the sweetest. It feels like. Uh, it, it feels like a real city, a real town, Raccoon City. You know, the first one, you're obviously inside of a mansion the whole time. But this one's, like, out in the open. You're running into other humans that aren't part of this weird mansion. It's, like, uh, real people. Like, there's guys that have gotten bitten, and now they're, like, in their basketball court. And you can tell they're playing basketball from what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. And they're walking around in there, and... uh it's got some really creepy freaking moments. Uh, one of the coolest things, it's kind of like the mansion, it's a police department in this game. Uh, but there's some really cool moments, like kind of like cut scenes with the characters. Like one you run into, he's dying. I always remember that guy. And I think he gives you something. And uh, what's up with games with people dying and they give you something? Uh, <laughs> uh, gives you something, then like you come back later and he's turned into a zombie. And like, <laughs> you gotta kill him. You know, we can't let this guy run around. Uh, and it's got some really, really some of the creepiest things in this franchise, in my opinion. Like uh, things following you. This game introduces the uh, the fucking liquors. Liquors, there. I was gonna say lick a tongue, but that was not right. Liquors. Those things are creepy as fuck. And no uh, eyes. Yes. Then you have the the tyrant. There was a, there was a tyrant in the first one, but this tyrant's different in this game. And he follows you around from time to time, and it's 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 creepy. Uh, kind of reminds me of Dead Space One, like in the part where you're backtracking and someone's following you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really love this game. I can't wait till they, uh, I guess, they're remaking this game, and I am so excited for it. It's it's super mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Resident Evil Two <clears throat> is my number eight. Nice. All right, Gable's number eight. My number eight is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. This should come as no surprise to the people who've been listening to this podcast that Symphony of the Night is definitely one of those games I've said at least quite a few times in the podcast, and I've even referenced it as being one of the best games that I have played of all time, and it still stands true. I played it on the original PlayStation back around 2003 or so when I ran from a blockbuster, 
And I've played through this game, I kid you not, from the span of 2003 on onwards to now, at least around 12, maybe 13 times. I actually had it to where I was playing this game through almost annually every single year. <laughs> because that's how much I liked the game, because I kept finding different ways to play it. Like, I, I could play it with the like all the full weapons that Alucard had, or I could go forth and play it with the chrysogram which you would have to get from like grinding a specific enemy and stuff which would make the game kind of broken because here you have a lightning fast sword and stuff like that it's just mowing down like wave after wave of like demons and stuff as you're going progressively through the castle or you could you know not fight with any type of weapons whatsoever which i you can go through and beat bosses just using your bare fists <laughs> which uh hell i love doing that from time to time with uh with some of my playthroughs. The music is unforgettable. In my honest opinion, it's one of the best soundtracks in gaming because it is very much accurate to each specific section of, you know, the specific section of uh, each part of the game. Like, you're going through a coliseum and stuff like that, it's got, like, all this rhythm-pumping, like, uh, like, guitar solos and this and that and stuff like that. But if you go to a library and stuff, it's got this, like, sort of classical harpsichord sort of sound while you're transversing through, beating all these, like, enemies that are called, like, I think, like, Dullahans and, like, all these, like, demon library books and all these fucking, like, all the other crap, stupid enemy stuff. But, uh, just transversing through this game, finding out, like, uh, what the different bosses are, which a lot of them are based upon Greek mythology, like Medusa, Scylla... Like, the Hippograph is, like, another boss inside this. But then once you find out that uh, after you've beaten, like, uh, Richter Belmont stuff, you actually, when you find the secret items and stuff to allow you to see he's being controlled by uh, another force and stuff, and you beat that green orb, and then unlock the reverse castle, it just brings a whole different layer to this entire game. Because it takes a great game and makes it even greater... Especially when you have to do everything upside down. I mean, fuck. When I found that out, I was like, holy shit, I'm getting confused as hell transversing this, but... Oh my god, everything's harder. The bosses are harder, the enemies are harder. And the final battle with Dracula and stuff? Man, that was such a hilarious trip. Just me just trying to figure out how to fucking go through and finally beat him. You know, and once I did, I felt so awesome. And the thing is, you complete this game not by completing a hundred percent. No, you complete it with two hundred point six percent because you got to explore every nook and cranny and stuff. So yeah, that's my number eight game of all time: Castlevania Symphony of the Night. All right, very cool, sweet. Um, so for me, number seven is two thousand two's Skies of Arcade Legends. Um, <laughs> so. Nice. So for me, this is like the first real JRPG I ever like really got into. Uh, I'm probably the first time I played it. Like I played Pokemon, but that was, that's not like a JRPG. Uh, this one is very much that. Um, it came on the Dreamcast, uh, Skies of Arcadia. Uh, this one was a ported over, and it kind of fixed the thing. I guess mm-hmm. like uh, it had a lot more. The random battle percentage was way higher in uh, the original one, then um, changed some other things too. Added some stuff to it, some um, sections. Um, but I remember actually it was funny. Uh, this wasn't a review. I had a Nintendo Power subscription for years, and this was never reviewed by them. But there was an ad for it. There was just a one picture, 
and that one picture and like three little squares of screenshots and that that I'm like oh I gotta get this game <laughs> and I, I ended up uh, buying it and I was funny like I I played like two hours of it and I didn't like it and I just put it down I sat there for months and then finally I don't know maybe three four months later I started playing it and I was fucking hooked after I, I played after I beat like the first the first uh, dungeon I guess uh, from then on like it just I remember I just could not I remember being up till 3, 4 in the morning every night playing this game for like a pro- probably a week or so and then like this is one one of my favorite parts of the game was actually when like um, you're in your you're in your boat because you, you your boats fly um, and it's it's like a pirate like a pirate game but you're flying in the air and you go to all these different like worlds um, and like uh, you get into this huge epic moment when like your uh, ship goes down and like you, you you get abandoned you on like this I guess uh, island by yourself and it's just like this whole hour long part I don't know why I like it so much but I don't, I always thought it was cool like you're just trying to survive and then your friends like miraculously find you and then like we're gonna make this our base and it's just like this whole cool like environment where, like you go from nothing to like everything and I, at that point I don't think I ever played a game like that before when it's like you like you build this little base and you can you use your money. To upgrade your base and make it stronger, and then like the whole um, going and in, sneaking into like the, the main bad guy's base the first time, and getting put in jail, and then like getting ex- ex- barely escaping, um, and like it had like the whole Moby Dick thing where like you have this one guy lost his arm to this uh, whale, and uh, you end up like later on in the game like, he disappears and you find him, and he finally finds the whale. That he's been trying to capture for so many years. I think that's actually what takes your ship down. Is he finds him, that's and cool. he destroys your ship. And at the end, like you realize, like he didn't attack you on purpose, and like, um, like actually, like he died. The whale dies, and it's just like this whole thing about I can't remember the exact reason, but like why, but like you end up like feeling bad for this uh, this whale, uh, and just like the whole final boss, everything, the whole final section was fucking awesome. I love the uh, the ship battles were really cool. Uh, everything about this game was great. I thought the only thing I didn't like this was the first first game I think I played where like you beat the game and it starts you off at the like and you go back to play. It doesn't like the game doesn't isn't isn't finished. It starts you back off right before you fight the final boss. Oh. So you go out and explore this stuff. I don't know. And games to this date have always bothered me about that. I don't know why because it's kind of cool because that means you can just go out and you can do all the side stuff if you want. But Keep to me, it's always last boss. I like yeah. I like it. I can see why you don't though. It's just weird to me. I, this never feels complete. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that that's uh, my number seven is uh, Skies of Arcade Legends. Awesome. My number seven is the original Donkey Kong Country, the Super ah. Nintendo. Um, I said when I talked about the second one that it's it, it's better in most ways, but I still like the first one the best. I think it has my favorite music in it, uh, Aquatic Ambiance, I think it's called. Yeah. And uh, it has. I don't think it's in the second one. Uh, no, it's in the first one. The He's the coolest writable thing, in my opinion. It's the Marlin? No. Swordfish. Unguardian. He's in the second one. Is he in the second one, too? Yeah. Unguardian. Yeah. Well, Unguardian. he's in the first yeah. one, goddammit. Uh, <laughs> That's what happened first. Yeah. And uh, this... Oh, I love this game. I actually played through half of it last night, wow. right before. It still wow. fucking holds up. It's awesome. It's it's And it's not easy. Uh, oh, of course not. The the, the first minecart level in this, in this game is... It's it's fantastic. It's really fun and, and it's and it's challenging. Uh, 
like there's shit that pops up on the screen quick. <laughs> you be ready. Um, like I love another world that I really love. This is Snow World, and uh, I love when the when the snow is falling. There's like there's like eagles and stuff like throwing little nuts everywhere. <laughs> like, it, it just feels really cool. Like it's it, it's like a very unique platformer, as like you know compared to like Mario or something. It uh, just it's it's cool. You can like do like a weird like somersault that goes down to like a a hole almost. You can like jump out of there somehow. <laughs> There's a lot of cool little things. And I actually just found a new game mechanic that I didn't know you could do. You know how uh-huh. you can do the ground pound with Donkey Kong? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you really? could do that on people to kill them. <laughs> like I, it's like it remind me of Donkey Konga, because like every it was like almost like a, uh, like a rhythm game. Because those little guys with the sharp teeth were coming at me. Yeah. And right when they got next to me, I hit it. And boom, knocked them off. Next one, hit it. Boom. Almost like little dots coming across. You got like tiny. Yeah. Up. Like, maybe that's where that game came from. But, uh, yeah. It's just a really awesome game. And, and this, like, I didn't talk about it much for the second one. But this game uh, also uh, looks very beautiful. Especially at the time. Like, it was, I remember, I remember looking at it and I was like, wow. This is the most insane, like, uh, best looking game I've ever seen. Like, it has, like, this, like, almost like a, th- almost like Mortal Kombat, but it's, like, a 3D rendered, like, real looking stuff on it, too. Like, patched onto it, and the mm. backgrounds look really cool. And the lighting, and the dynamic levels, like, they change. Like, one of them starts out, like, day, morning time, daytime, then nighttime. Like, that shit is cool. But, yeah. Uh, fucking love that game. Donkey Kong, number seven. Nice. Entry. Uh, Gables, number seven. Number seven is my number one from the games of all, you know, the general, you know, the game generation oh, I know podcast. Super Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the original Super Mario Galaxy. The level design, the app, the whole freaking, the whole creativeness of the whole thing with Mario and stuff. It was literally one of the most fantastic games I've played on the Wii when that originally came out. I loved going through the hub world, going exploring different types of planets. The game could get so hard, too, when you're going after the extra stars and stuff like that. I remember whenever like a, like a red comet star would go by, and all of a sudden it's like the, the whole boss battle would be getting harder because you only are allowed one hit before you die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was intense right there. But you, it, once you complete all that and stuff, you can get to unlock Luigi, play through all that as Luigi and stuff like that. It's, oh man, it still remains one of my favorite games to play on that Wii, on the original Nintendo Wii and stuff. But, oh man, it's just, uh, I really don't remember too much like about it at the moment and stuff like that because of uh, the the only time I played it was obviously the first run when it when it first released and stuff back around two thousand seven I want to say two thousand eight two thousand seven I remember getting the coin with my pre order and stuff which I still have yeah, I mean too I loved playing I just loved playing the different worlds and stuff because you got a chance to play as the bee suit and stuff like it with Ice Mario I think as well I'm thinking but. Uh, Man, those are some like creative like worlds in and of itself, and I hope that when the NX comes out, there's going to be a Mario game more similar—not like more similar, but as crazy and as inventive and as creative as Super Mario Galaxy yeah. was. Definitely. So yeah, that's my number seven, Super Mario Galaxy. Awesome. All right, uh, very cool. 
Uh, for me, moving on to number six, it is, uh, I've talked about this game several times. I've said it's one of the top ten games that I've played multiple times. Uh, I think maybe the, I think the most recent game on this list, um, by, from my list, um, 2013's The Last of Us. Uh, nice. By far the best story um, in the history of gaming. Uh, just with the emotions that this, these characters make you feel. Like, um, I just love, I fucking, everything about this game I love. I This is one of those games, I honestly don't think I have a complaint about it. Um, it to me, this is, might be the closest to a perfect game that I've ever played. Um, as far as for what it's trying to be. Um, just also, well, I guess the, the AI walking in front of the enemies, is that's the complaint. But, that's, yeah. Um, but, just the whole story about, like, uh, he loses his daughter. And then, like, this the whole story about how he doesn't want anything to do with this girl. And then, like, his friend dies, and he's kind of stuck with her. And, like, this is, like, she can basically save, like, save the world kind of thing. And then, go through this whole game, and then, like, this the relationship that these two build, this bond. You can almost, you can feel, like, a father-daughter bond going on here. Um, and just, like, I, I, one of my favorite sections of the whole game, I think a lot of people's are, is, is the winner. Mm-hmm. Where like where um yeah I forgot the name of the character I feel stupid Ellie Ellie well Ellie is the do- is a girl uh, Jewel Jewel thank you when Jewel gets hurt and you have to like and Ellie is basically on her own and trying to make sure he survives and going through like the woods trying to the whole sequence going trying to get the, get get the deer oh yeah and then you find the, like you meet up with the one guy and um, he turns he out to be a like, creeper he's a creeper. Yeah. And the whole, like, basically, like, it's kind of like the Resident Evil 4 moment where you're trapped in the house, and you're, like, you're in that mm-hmm. warehouse, and, like, you're fighting off those hordes of, uh, of uh, infected. And then um, the whole section where, like, the whole, it's, like, the only boss battle in the whole game, but, like, when you're Ellie, and you're trapped in that burning bar with yes. them, and, like, that whole scene, and, like, at the same time, you got Joel, who's trying, who, he's kind of, like, dragging himself, just fucking destroying everybody in his path to get to her. <laughs> uh, it's fucking sweet, and then the whole last section, like when you get to the hospital, um, oh, yeah. and you're just, and the, and the decision that Joel makes, where it's like he lies to Ellie about, like, uh, I was like, well, what actually? Because she was at the basically she had to sacrifice herself to save the world, and he kills everybody in the hospital, and like he's like, no, I, I'd rather have her than you know than save the world. Um, that game is fucking brilliant. Uh, oh yeah, I love that game. Um, yeah. Last of Us, uh, number six. Awesome. My number six wow. is Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> Wii. Uh, I picked this one over the second one because not only is it the first one, but I actually really lo- I actually love the hub world. Yeah, I love it's it's like a unique place you can run around on. Yeah, you can run around on the head on the second one like the ship, but it's not quite the same. Um, I think this is the this Mario game has probably more of a story than any other Mario game and I actually liked it in, in the context of Mario I thought it was fantastic uh, I really liked the new character that was introduced in this game Rosalina I think she's pretty cool uh, trying ooh my favorite galaxies since we've talked about this game quite a bit I'm going to mention is, uh, is the green galaxies oh the special trial galaxies those are fantastic oh, those uh, they're hard they're fucking awesome, and like like you said, Gabe. Yeah. Every moment of this game almost like blew my mind. Just mm-hmm. just ideas that were in this game, like in the yeah, just 
like like I'm thinking that level now where it's like it looks like little cookie cutters everywhere, and like the, oh, the yeah. ground's moving. And it, this game, this game single handedly made me a much better Mario player. Like, hmm. just kind of just paying attention to only where you're going and like don't worry about all the other crazy stuff going on in the background like you just kind of focus and like I can get there and you really use your shadow a lot <laughs> at least I do oh yeah like your shadow is like god but uh yeah fucking love this game <laughs> number six <laughs> the Super Mario Galaxy alright Gables you're up number six Portal 2 wow okay Portal 2 is one of those puzzle games well you know it's it was one of the only games since Castlevania Aria of Sorrow where I've played through it more than once in a single year. When Portal 2 released, I played it through in its entirety on the Xbox 360, and once I did that, I played it through on the PS3 in the same year because I wanted to play more of Portal 2. Going through that whole single player thing, just playing as like Shell and stuff, going through like battling like with Gladys and with Wheatley and stuff like that, and going and like just coming across the random references and stuff like that, the whole like shtick, like jokes and stuff like that about her science project and like the lemons and stuff and like the whole Gladys being a fucking potato because of some mishap and stuff. That was so fucking well done and sort of and like the hilarity ish. No, no, the whole hilarity of it all, you know. Oh, man, the puzzles were so creative. They were so, like, fucking inventive, too, because a lot of the times you'd be stuck there for, like, about half an hour figuring out, how the hell am I supposed to get past here? And all of a sudden you just come, it just clicks into your head, like, at the last moment, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. But it starts getting really hard once you you come across, like... uh, the specific type of, like, paints and stuff like that, where you had to paint, like, neutral things and, like, go through the orange to bounce and, like, blue to, like, do this and that and stuff like that. Mm. It added much more complexity to where the original Portal only had, like, only a set amount of things you could do in the game. Inside Portal 2, it added so much complexity and so much more stuff you could do in sort of the context of the game and of itself that it made you think more outside of the box in terms of solution. It's incredibly, even like the final moments and stuff, when you finally go forth with the last boss and then you figure out, okay, there's a hole in the ceiling right here. What if I shoot a portal up there on the moon? And all of a sudden you do it and everything else is all fucking things and it just goes into that hilarious thing with that malfunctioning robot just going, space! Oh, Wiley, I think it is, or Wheelie? Wheatley. Wheatley. Yeah, yeah, Wheatley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like space. And anyway, that is my number six game of all time, Portal 2. That game sounded amazing until you mentioned colors. Uh, unless this game has like very unnatural colors, it's like super bright colors. It's very bright orange and blue. Okay, I could probably do that. Yeah. You can do that. I always want to play this game, dude. He's called It's Warren. very good, dude. Yeah. Um, moving on to number five. Mine is uh, 2010's Mass Effect 2. Um, huh? yeah, uh, I fucking love this goddamn game. Uh, we've talked about it a lot over the, over the course of our time podcasting. Uh, but probably the best ensemble of ensemble ensemble of characters in one game. Uh, just like even like the the bottom of the barrel, like Jacob is awesome. Um, uh, he's like probably my least favorite. Uh, <laughs> Cassandra, Cassandra, I think is Miranda, Miranda. 
Uh, she's great. Got to have sex with her too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you did their first playthrough. Go- shit. Oh man, yeah. Uh, and then like I love going back to like when you bump into some of the old characters uh, from the first game that aren't like part of your crew. Like when you like uh, when you saw Rex and he's actually um, the, the king of yep. your, like the, of his fucking species. He basically yep. runs the whole thing. Uh, and then like with uh, what's Trouble. what what's the uh, uh, the 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 one that's cloned, um, Grunt. Grunt, thank you. When he's like, he's not considered like a, a real one of like I can't remember the species, but he's not considered a real one of those. Krogan, Krogan thank you. And so he goes through, and you got to do this whole uh, mission together, and like basically that way he becomes like real part of the species. And just like I love doing all their like their missions, the loyalty missions, to gain their trust, and yep. learning all their backstories. It's all of them, all of them are great. That entire game and the way it all built up to like from the beginning, it's like. You gotta go to this place. It's a suicide mission. You could pretty much go there at any point in time. Like, you gotta do a few things first, but you get pretty much after that. You can go there at any point. And like, you want to build up your loyalty, and the more loyalty you build up with your teammates, the the or the less the least amount you have, or how good how powerful your ship are or is, or how souped up like you upgraded all the weapons and shit are for your characters. Can, like they can die. Like you can you can fail the mission. Everybody can die. Certain characters are gonna die if. If you don't have like their loyalty, or you don't have their um, upgrade of their weapons, or their armor, or your ship isn't powerful enough, like I actually went through, I remember beating like or tried beating the last part five. I beat the last part five or six times, trying to like because one one character died every time, and it was a different character. And finally, I couldn't do it. I think uh, Tiara died. I think her name is. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm having a horrible time with memory in that game, um, <laughs> but for being top five, uh, but. Uh, the whole help to have human names yeah yeah <laughs> um but the, like even like the suicide mission up to the last boss last boss is fucking weird uh but yep. that last suicide mission it felt fucking big it felt like i was like the first time going through it i was fucking like sweating like you get you know like your palms get all sweaty playing a game like i was fucking like i, w- I didn't know like how they can die like i was like they can like maybe they, it's like if i fuck them up here and they get shot and they die it's over and just going in through that and like trying to um you know, trying to get that, like, all, like, these ways of enemies and trying to, like, survive those and, like, you get, like, split up characters at certain points and, like, trying to figure out who would be best for each situation. Um, that game was great. I love that. I love the improvements in Mid over 1. When they took, like, they, they kept a lot of the RPG elements that were great about the first one, but they upgraded, like, the they vastly improved the shooting and took a lot from Gears, because the Gears of War uh, series, and really did a good job of spinning the RPG and the Gears elements together to make this uh, game even better. Uh, yeah, that's number five, Mass Effect 2. Awesome. My number five was Legend of Zelda. The Wind Waker. Okay, I was going to say, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys have both talked about this game. Uh, let me see here. Oh, I really like the aspect of when you're sailing around at nighttime. You can find treasure and stuff. That was really mm-hmm. cool when I first started doing that. Oh, yeah. Um, I love all the details of the art style. Like, you roll and you see, like, a little thing of dust behind you. I love when you uh, the bombs blow up. It's fucking awesome. Uh, in this game, can't you put bombs in your arrows? No. What am I thinking? I think you're thinking Skyward Sword. Oh, I think you're right. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
This game's awesome. Took the wind out of your sails, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do recommend if you play this game. The GameCube one still looks great on a regular TV, but I recommend playing the HD one because it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, God, there's... Like, you guys pretty much touched on my favorite things about this game. Uh, ooh, one thing I don't think you guys talked about. I love how the the Master Sword... And you feel it, it becomes more powerful as you play the game. Oh, it, has yeah. like, it has, like, light coming off it. And it reintroduces the Mirror Shield, which is just fucking awesome. And, uh, ooh, I love you can pick up weapons and throw them at people and throw them at things. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm kind of just, like, naming little tiny tidbits. <laughs> like, oh, one of the funnest things I've ever done in this game is, uh, pick up a pig yes. and throw it in the water awesome. over and over again. <laughs> and it gets pissed. It's pretty funny. Apparently lots of people do this. I watched some YouTube videos before. Yeah. <laughs> Biggin! Uh... Like I said earlier, like last time, you guys had one of the games. I love the details with the the characters, uh, animations as their mm. facial expressions. I like it has some stealth in the game. I like that. Um, yeah, just overall, this game is a, a very well polished game. Like there are there is a little bit of fat, like you guys were talking about the, the shard collecting. Uh, at the time, I never thought it took anything away from it. But now I look back, that was like a weak point of that game, and it's much. Oh, I'm glad they trimmed it out for the re-release of it. Uh, definitely a, a fantastic game. If you don't like the art style, give it a fucking chance. <laughs> it's number five. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Gables, you're number five. Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. <gasps> I absolutely love the Pokemon games. People can attest to that. But my most favorite of all the series happens to be gold and silver but heart gold and soul silver both i believe outdid the originals and even crystal itself because of the way that it improved upon every aspect of what made like gold and silver and crystal lacking but the reason why i do love playing the games like heart gold and soul silver and stuff is like what Tyler mentioned before, going through, playing the entirety of the game, then having to go through the Kanto region and going through and playing Red and stuff like that. But it also included different types of like TMs and stuff. There were like levels were adjusted to like the, the gym leaders and stuff. The gym leader levels were adjusted to your levels and stuff when you went through them initially. So it's a little bit harder of like, say like a gym battle in terms of like how you're supposed to do things and do this and do that. Plus, it was awesome going through playing like with specific types of Pokemon that, uh, you know, I used to play a lot of. Like I played like Dragonite, like Togetic, and like all those other really like uh, nonchalant teams that I used to use and stuff like that. But yeah, when I got Hard Gold and Soul Silver initially and stuff, I was really looking at the time to replace my original gold, silver, and crystal copies because their batteries had long died and stuff, and I had no idea how I was going to replay these games until Nintendo announced, okay, remake, okay, let's go ahead and do this. I'll give you my money now. <laughs> so, having gone through both of them, and even going through the events where you learn that red, that not like red, but like, uh, like the antagonist, the guy with the red hair and stuff like that, you learn that he's Giovanni's son. Mm-hmm. Through, like, uh, the Celebi event and stuff like that. 
It it's just crazy the amount of details they put inside that, like the games in and of itself, like how much content was like crammed into one game. And it kind of makes me hopeful that Sun and Moon will do the same thing in terms of like cramming so much good content into like a single game. So yeah, that's my number five game of all time: Pokemon Heart Gold slash Soul Silver. Right. Very nice. cool, man. Um, so moving on to number four. My number four is 2001's Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, we talked about a ton already. You guys both had it on your list. Um, I think it's the third best Smash Brothers game. Um, obviously, with the latest one being the the best, um, and I thought Brawl was better, but this one's more of a time and place kind of thing. Where Brawl was awesome, I loved the whole single player mode. That was really cool, and that was yeah. my biggest complaint about the the new ones is they didn't have they took it out. Um, but I mean, I remember we played through that game multiple summers, winters for years and years and years. Probably, probably three, four years we played that game. That was our one go to game we always went back to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys talked about it already. I'll make you know, I don't really have much to say on it other than what you, we've already talked about. But um, it's a fucking great game. I love the game. I, didn't, I never really got much to the '64 version, uh, but yeah, this game is fucking brilliant. And being uh, Bowser, was fucking yeah. sweet. Young Link was oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are like my, my two go-to's. Um, yeah, number four, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Fuck yeah, awesome. Uh, number four for me is Resident Evil, the GameCube remake. Of the PS1 version, um, I love this game because it's the first kind of game like this that I got into, like survival horror. I still think it's like the best one. And uh, like on the GameCube, when I played this game, I couldn't believe the atmosphere. Like I was so impressed and in awe with like the the mansion itself. Like the mansion's a character, man. Like all the rooms, all the mystery of what's behind this door that's locked. And like, oh, like, uh, like weird little things. Like, you go through this door. If you go through this door more than three times, it like will, the doorknob will break, and you can't go, uh, you know, around that way anymore. Mm. Until later, Wesker. Like, there's little, little things I'm noticing now. I went back and played through it on the PS4, and like, uh, there's little notes everywhere that I never noticed. Like, Wesker from Wesker. Like, Wesker is like put a note there. I fixed the doorknob for you and stuff. Mm. It's like a really strange like <laughs> uh, I, I love the it, it's it's such a something just happened right now and like you're there the helicopter crashes or you're looking after going to try to find people uh, like a you know a helicopter went there like you know they can't they don't know what happened to them the, the radio went silent and they're in the woods and they go to the mansion and like the people the bodies the zombies you meet along the way some of them were your fallen stars members and they have this like pretty cool unique story it's kind of like what happened to them and like I love everything you push almost in this game it says something about them like detail like looks like this one's throat's been slashed and like I don't know why I said like Wesker but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like you, you you click on paintings and it says something about them. Like it's just really awesome. Uh, yeah, just the amount of detail, the lightning. You can see the lightning flash everywhere. All the the music. It's like I'm trying to think of the music, and it's like almost just almost like create like over the top music that you would hear in a mansion. It's like it's not really even like music. It's like 
just like weird knocking noises all of a sudden like in certain rooms like you hear like a washing machine going I know there's not really washing machines in this game it's actually kind of weird now I think about it but uh, <laughs> uh this, this game like will literally still make you kind of like Whoa! like kind of quiver a little bit like you're running over a zombie that you did not light on fire or blow off its head and you know every, every time you walk over there's a chance it's going to pop up because it's a crimson head now and it's got claws so when zombies die in this game, they come back and they're 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 more dangerous, faster, fucking freaky, and uh, coolest thing in this game is the zombie great white sharks. <laughs> fucking awesome! Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and the last, the ending of this game is like feels so cool, and it's 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 like a quick time event. It's like you just click, you push the button, and it's the most amazing, cool ending to me. One of the most amazing. Just the way it all, the explosion, and it goes, a rocket goes right into a tyrant's body and explodes. Mm. And you get taken away, and it ends Jurassic Park style. You're flying away in a helicopter, talking, looking out the window at the ocean. It just, yeah. There's so much in this game. Uh, I just, I really love this game. It's fucking cool. Everything has a purpose in this game as well. It's cool. Very cool. That's my number four. Four. Yep. All right. Very <laughs> cool. Moving on to uh, Gables, number four. The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time is my first Legend of Zelda game, and quite honestly, it was the first one that I beat, and it's the one that I most remember fondly, other than Majora's Mask and Wind Waker, obviously. And even The Link to the Past, even though I'd never mentioned it. Ocarina of Time was a game when I played through for the first time I was impressed by the scope and scale of the environments of Hyrule Field I was impressed by going through and like completing the different missions and how fun and creative going through different portions of the game were was and stuff completing the different dungeons is like tune like uh I almost said tune link but like kid link and stuff like that like, meeting Zelda for the first time, then going forth and, like, uh, going to that time portal and stuff like that, and then seeing that Ganon has actually taken over and stuff because he stole the, you know, the Triforce and stuff and wished upon it, like, internal darkness to, like, uh, Hyrule and stuff. And you're tasked to try to save it, like, seven years later by going through these dungeons, getting all these medallions, doing this and that. Man... There was so much great gameplay inside Ocarina of Time, from the puzzle solving to the dungeons by using specific weapons like the hook shot to transverse around, like, to the water temple, which is still a pain in the ass to navigate to this day, even regardless of the whole 3DS remake that came out, like, years ago. But, some of the most epic moments occur, like, towards, like, the final battle between you and Ganon. Well, you and Ganondorf and stuff. Where it's all, like, orchestral and stuff like that. And he's playing an organ and he finally, like, pushes you away and stuff like that. And he goes forth and uh, he attacks you with lightning. You bat him back. And then once you think you've defeated him and you've escaped with Zelda, fighting his final form as Ganon and then going forth and, like, trying to take out this, this stupid monster. And then all of a sudden, it's like you finally go to the last specific things where you just skewer him in his forehead, like right dead center. Such an epic payoff right there from an awesome game. And that's why it's my number four game of all time. 
<laughs> awesome. Very cool, man. Uh, so, my number three. Uh, this is, I don't know about you guys, but going to the top like five was fucking intensely hard for me to kind of figure out. Not so much like what should be in there, but what order they should be in. Um, yeah. But my number three is uh, 2004's The Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Uh, I really could have put the mm. PS1 version in there, but the 2004 ones, the Twin Snakes is much better. Graphically, uh, they added a lot of uh, uh, cutscenes into it. Um, the whole, like, they add first person to it, so it makes the Revolver Ocelot fight a lot easier because you can actually oh, aim yeah. your gun now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like turn and pray and shoot. Um, but, I mean, I've talked about this game a lot. I mean, I'm sure you guys are not surprised it's this high on my list. Um, no. Nope. <laughs> it's the game that made me a gamer, you know, I consider, uh, or one of. Um, and I played through this game, oh, man, I don't know, five, six, seven times on PlayStation. I remember getting on GameCube, my mom bought it for me. Uh, it was like $20 at this point. It was a couple years later, I think, or a year later, maybe. Um, and I got like really good grade. I got all A's and B's. And it was during the spring break. And my mom, uh, because I'm a really good, I got a really good, uh, good report card, she bought me this game, Twin Snakes. And I remember awesome. actually going through, and I purposely went through it. I kind of like what you were talking about a few weeks ago with Resident Evil, when you beat through it again and put it on very easy. Mm-hmm. I actually went through it and I beat this game on very easy. And I beat it on easy, medium, hard, and very hard, all in a row. Um, And just fucking love this game. Uh, Just everything. I can, I can, right now in my mind, when you guys were talking, I was just kind of thinking of what I wanted to say. I was like, I played through the entire game in order in my head. Like, that's like, I know that game back and forth. I can probably go through right now. I probably, I probably, my skills are much worse now because I just, with over time, uh, this game probably hasn't control wise amount of age as well, um, but I could probably go through right now and know exactly where to go at every point. Um, everything about this game is brilliant. I, I think uh, just the beginning, going through, and then like w- when you're like in the scuba gear, and then when you go up the elevator and he's taking the, like he takes his, like all the scuba gear off, takes off his uh, the mask he's wearing, and like the f- fucking the whole like the music kind of kind of like hits a high note. And it's just like this awesome reveal of like it's it's fucking snake. Um, the whole thing is fucking great, man. I love that game. Uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid uh, Twin Snakes number three. Awesome. My number three is Super Mario sixty four. Wow, there you go. No surprise. I don't know. Nice. Um, this is the first game that I ever played on Nintendo sixty four. Or when we got this game, uh, I was. Super uh, amazed with it. Never seen like a really a, a real 3D, a full 3D game like this. Uh, I really love the hub world and how you jump into the the paintings. I love the music. I love how you can move the camera around. Um, I thought it was so sweet the first time I saw Metal Mario. Oh, like yeah. the way it looked, I was like, holy crap! It's like one of those games like, like in my head when I was. It's, it looked like the best game looks now. It's so weird how that works. But now when I go back to it, like it, it looks so you know blocky. It doesn't hold up as well as like Super Mario World would. The way it's, it's like sprites and stuff like that. It still doesn't look horrible, but just like uh, it's just interesting how that works. How your how your mind makes things look so much better than they actually are. Like when you, even when you first see them and you're like watching it, like not just from memory, but like at the time, it's crazy. Uh, 
I love the oh man the the Bowser battles in this game are really fun. Like spinning around by his tail, throwing to like the spike bombs on the edges. Uh, it gets really cool. And, and the levels to get to Bowser were like really awesome. They're like a crazy over the top like trial type level. Like each one gets harder too. And it's like surrounded by lava and gotta do all this crazy stuff. Uh, just this amount of stuff that's inter introduced for Mario is pretty crazy. Like doing like wall jumps. Uh, you can like punch in this game, slide, do the long jump, do triple jump. You can like do a backflip jump. You can climb trees, do a flip off of those. <laughs> like there's all kinds of jumping. And uh, so like Forrest Gump explain all the yeah. blazing cook shrimp. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. I think that's about it. Uh, like oh, the, the, I said it maybe already, but the music and. Uh, is really great and well fitting for each level um, and there's a lot of cool secrets in this game that maybe people don't really know about like little things and like some of them you find on accident like there's uh, there's a f quite a few little like warp things like you stand in one spot for a while you'll warp to like another spot it's pretty cool there's at least three levels I can think of where that's in there uh, swimming when, especially when it came out felt really good in this game um Actually, there's a, there's a creature in the one was like I think it's the first swimming level. It's like an eel, and there's like a star on his, on his tail. And that thing when I was like a kid actually kind of creeped me out. It was like in this little like black hole. You see his eyes, and <laughs> start coming come out of there, start swimming around. And uh, oh man, just this game just fueled my imagination. Like it was just it was crazy, and uh, that's why it's my number three. It's I'll always remember this game. Very cool, man. Yeah. Well, Gables, you're number three. Persona 4. Ooh. Now, Persona 4 is one of those games which is an incredibly epic storyline. I mean, quite, quite simply and stuff. When this game first released on the PS2 and stuff, I actually pre-ordered that game and I got it. And man, I gotta say though, the game in and of itself is very long and it's very satisfying. Because you're going through, you're a high school kid who has to try to solve this murder investigation of why these people are getting like, uh, why these like people are getting murdered and stuff during the night. Because, well, there's this like, this connection with that, plus this like TV show that appears during midnight that supposedly is supposed to show your true love, but it turns out something else more sinister. And, uh, the whole thing revolves around you having relation, like doing relationships and stuff like that with your high school schoolmates and stuff like that. You go forth, you go to these elaborate dungeons inside the world, inside the TV. You know, kind of weird, you know, that way. But this is an RPG that's just really epic in scale and sort of combats as well, because you can beat a lot of like various demons and stuff like that you can earn like these certain skill cards you can earn these different persona cards as well so you can like stack them you can actually merge them to make them stronger and do this and do that and stuff but uh, my initial playthrough I did play through this on the Vita but I did play this on the PS4 I still have my PS2 copy play it occasionally and stuff but I literally had my first playthrough was like over a hundred hours because the story is very long, but it's very satisfying. And the thing is, you're going to be, like, going through every little intricate little detail from storylines from the characters. They act from a game that actually makes you give a shit about the characters inside of an RPG. I know that's sort of, like, a cliche thing to say. However, it's more than true. 
inside Persona 4, because you are meeting your characters and stuff like that, you get to bond with them and do all sorts of various activities together, and your whole thing, when you're attending high school and stuff, you're supposed to improve like certain aspects of like, your status and stuff by creating all these social links, and if you have like a social links with like various amount of like members of your party and stuff, you get to perform these super attacks that only those two people would know together. And it just makes it more of a complex sort of feel in terms of, like, uh, RPG gameplay. So, that's my number three game, Persona 4. Awesome. Very cool. Um, My number two is uh, 1998's Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Um, What the fuck else there to say? We (laughs) we talk about a lot over the history of the show and uh, talk about a little bit with with, uh, Gold and Silver, but... You know, I talk about Metal Gear Solid being like the game that caught me a gamer. This was the other one. I consider these are the two most important games of, of my life as far as video games go, uh, just for what they've done for me. Uh, these games are fucking... Even today, these games are brilliant. I I actually was playing this uh, Pokemon Yellow was, uh, last weekend. I got all eight badges. I'm ready to go on to the Elite Four and all that shit. Yeah, uh, that yeah. game was still fun. That game was really, yeah, really good. I will play it soon. You should. Kind of tell me that for 20 moment. fucking years, you, you asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, um, no, these games are great. I, I Between those three games, I easily put 200, 300 hours into them. Um, I remember the first time I beat, I beat Pokemon Blue, and it was summertime. It was like 3 or 4 in the morning. I ran in and woke my mom up to let tell her I beat the game. I was so it was just one of those moments I had to just tell somebody, and I was just so happy. And I had to go like I just I needed to tell somebody, so I went like like mom, mom, what? I beat Pokemon Blue. Oh my god, it's so funny you cool. said that. So, I can't remember, yeah, times where I did that. <laughs> it's funny. It's just like it's just kind of like um I was thinking of uh when North Carolina State uh in like the 1980s they won the uh the NCAA basketball championship, and uh, Coach, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, Coach V, uh, was, like, so excited, he was just running, the, trying to find someone to hug. And that's, <laughs> what, this, that's this, what this moment was for me, like, just being that game. And then, uh, being, I know you? Yeah, I just, I don't, like, I could just <laughs> ran outside and saw someone walk the street, I beat Pokemon Blue! I didn't care. Uh, no, it was, uh, great games, man. Uh, totally, yeah, um, I remember going, just going through, beat him, beat him on yellow, and then beat him on red, um, and getting catching Mewtwo was awesome, um, and just, just yeah, just poked with, and it just equally got better with like heart, heart and uh, or heart gold and soul silver. Um, I remember actually a couple weeks ago, I was uh, thinking about I was just, I wanted to play through um, gold and silver again. I was putting the stuff together. And I'm like, I kind of want to check it out because I I really don't remember a lot about Gen two. Um, and I found them on like on eBay, and I was looking on all over the place. They're like fifty bucks a piece. I'm like, eh, I don't want to play them that bad. Uh, but I'm hoping if I can find a cheap copy somewhere, I'd like to play them again. Um, Good but, luck. Yeah. Yeah. Never gonna happen. But yeah, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. My number two. Awesome. My number two is Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. Wow. Mm. Um, let's see here. Uh, Gabe, you had this, didn't you? Yep. It's oh yeah. Good. Um, this game really stuck out to me as I endlessly played it over and over again uh, because of the characters in it. When I say because of the characters, I mean like 
every time you talk to them, they you know they have something to say, and there's a day, there's a three day cycle here. <laughs> every time you talk to this, what to say, the three day cycle here, <laughs> and uh, like the, the 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 moon is coming down, the end of the world is upon them in this game constantly, and as the days progress and the moon's getting closer to crushing everybody, uh, people change. You find out what people's true color is in that last stretch of the last day there. The middle man, he's a coward, I believe. Mm. Oh, yeah. no, it's a sword guy. Or no. Sword guy hides, I think, too. But, <laughs> but it's, it's like... Oh, every character in that game, except for like a few Gorons... I'm trying to think. Yeah, I want some like fish people, Zoros. Like they all have like a pretty deep, deep purpose in this game. Yeah. Like, uh, there's like my favorite. I would say my favorite character in this game uh, is what is it's the old Goron. Like it's frozen. Oh yeah. You had to unfreeze him, and it's just so funny. He's so funny looking. Uh, <laughs> I used to think that he was cute. He's like a cute little thing. He's like, got lumps all over him and shit. <laughs> Remember, he's like he's got big lips and like oh, yeah. quiver and stuff. Like like that character right there. Like I could relate that character to somebody, which is actually an old lady that used to live on the street. But uh, <laughs> like just every character in this game, <laughs> like reminded me of like somebody that I know or something like that, and. uh I, I just, I love, all, like, my favorite place, and I love the way the game changes. I, my favorite place uh, is, like, Snowhead, the snow and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think once you, once you beat Snowhead Temple, it becomes spring. Yeah. And you got these two creepy sword people that, like, there's a big giant one. It's, like, the little one's slave, and he does all the work. Yep. And, like, they make you some sweet shit, though. When you, oh, man, when you get the gilded sword. But then they make your... Sword four times stronger or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like it's crazy. I love the way the razor sword looks, but like it, like it goes away after so many hits. The gilded sword, though, once you get the you win the race, the Goron race, and you get the gold dust and everything. Uh, yes, uh, this I just love this game. Uh, yeah, it's 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 much more than the copy and paste of another game. <laughs> it, it's it's awesome. Right. Fucking fantastic. I recommend this game. Uh, that's my number two. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Very nice. Uh, Gable's number two. Final Fantasy VI Advance is wow. my number two. Final that's Fantasy VI is an epic story which spans across so many different characters and so many different types of part. You know, so many different types of like uh, parts in this game and stuff like that. It's just amazing. It has the largest cast on in, of any single Final Fantasy game, but at the same time, it has some of the most engaging style of, like, turn-based, like, gameplay and stuff. It really epically holds together seamlessly a lot of great moments, a lot of great gameplay stuff, and some memorable boss battles and, like, other types of uh, random characters that appear throughout the game. Like, obviously, the main bad guy, like, Kefka and stuff, that maniacal clown, which I'm more akin to, say, like, the Joker, or, like, more akin to, like, just saying, like, a homicidal maniac will stop at nothing to gain, like, total world domination and stuff. There's a lot of, like, various characters I love using, like, the whole, like, dashing playboy, like, uh, Setzer is his name. He uses the blackjack, which is a big old, like, uh, 
his flying machine or something like that that he uses and stuff like that to transport the like the party to and from like specific places and stuff. Then you have the the king of like Figaro and stuff like that, Edgar, with his brother, the whole martial artist Saban and stuff like the way you use Saban is by using all these his blitz stuff is uh, by going in just using these random like input commands and stuff to use these fighting moves. I can just go on and on about the specific characters and stuff like that in this game, because I love this game so much. But, there are so many good boss battles in it as well. You have the battle, once you get to a post-apocalyptic sort of world and stuff, you get to face a boss by the name of Death Gaze, which is just some di- just gigantic-looking moth abomination, which looks like a fucking demon, which is kind of scary to look at, but he's totally a fucking bitch when you finally get him. <laughs> oh... Oh man, I need to sleep soon. Anyway, <laughs> I start rambling in a like incoherently whenever I don't sleep at time. But Final Fantasy VI, my god, it is a one of a kind RPG, and I recommend anybody going through tracking down the copy for like hell the Super Nintendo, or maybe even going through the Wii Virtual Console and downloading that. Or if you really want to, go track the Game Boy Advance copy. You know? So, yeah, that's my number two game of all time right there. Final Fantasy VI Advance. Alright. Uh, well, we were finally at number one, guys. Yeah, four in the fucking morning. One. We're at number one. Six uh, fucking hours. Yeah, we've been on this call exactly <laughs> six hours. Um, so, my number one is uh, 2008 Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, this was a tough... This is really tough. Like, I... I this was another one of those games where it's in my top five, but all the place I just thought about it, and it was the all, it was just this great culmination of my all time favorite series. And I know five is technically the last one as far as when games were released, but this was it. This was the last yep. one in the actual timeline of the, of the whole franchise, and it was just like it was a great game, and it hit like it was almost like the best of for this franchise where it took. Yep. All the cool moments ended in a great way, and it made sense in the crazy ass world of Metal Gear, where not a lot of things make sense. <laughs> um, but just like going back to Shadow Moses, or uh, seeing Psycho cool Mantis uh, again, or just like fighting uh, Liquid Snake um, oh, yeah. with Ray and Metal Gear Ray and Rex. Oh my god, um, that scene! The, the fight on top of the destroyed Metal Gear uh, Ray or I think it's Rex I can't remember which one it is and then like when like the moment everybody talks about when they talk about this game the, the moment when you're like in that microwave thing and oh, you're yeah. just like the very end when you're just fucking crawling and like you're just tapping every button and it feels like it's going on it's like I think like you're just like you're exhausted by the end of it but it's just like you're like he's slowly getting burnt up and he's just crawling and he's you don't think you're gonna make it and it's just like it's Oh, it's fucking. It's one probably the most tense moment I think I've ever experienced in a game where it's just like I agree. button mashing for minutes. Um, Damn. Crazy fucking moment, and then like the multiple like hour plus long cutscenes. The whole last the last cutscene I think is almost two hours long. Oh yep, and there's no pausing. Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> Holy. Yeah, like this game oh. is fucking crazy. <laughs> this is like. Um, th- uh, th- this smoking the- monkey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole fucking thing is fucking brilliant, man. Just at the end when Meryl um, marries the the soldier that shits himself in the first game, 
That was fucking the whole part is crazy to me. Shits himself. Yeah, there's this one guy who awesome. gets nervous and he, like he shits himself. Johnny. Oh yeah, Johnny. God. Yep. Uh, it's fucking like get married in he's the back the, of the so fucking you know, right there. He's the dude. It's fucking gets himself knocked out by Meryl and stuff, and he's all naked with his ass up in the air in the first game. Yeah, it's just hilarious. It's great. Um, yeah, man. It's just it. It's everything you wanted in in the Metal Gear game. It's everything you wanted in the game. Uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a couple hours taken off of the cutscenes. I think there's like 16 hours of cutscenes in this game. Oh but like, my god. It's so, it's so fucking crazy. Like, the part where like you're riding the motorcycle uh, yeah. and you find out like who your mother is and all that shit. It's just fucking insane. Uh, and then the trip back to Shadow Moses. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything I love everything about this game. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. And the whole last part with Big Boss. This game is great. I love it. Awesome. Um, I wish it was on PlayStation Now or was just re-released for PS4. Yeah, no shit. One. It's the only one I haven't beat other than five multiple times. Yeah. In the in the main story, I mean the main ones. Uh, so I would love to go back and play it again someday. It's the reason I bought a PS3. Um, yeah. It's still that, Same it's here. Single handedly sold the system for me. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, my favorite game of all time. Awesome. My number one favorite game of all time. Is... Pro name Steam. Tig Dug. Tig Dug. That'd be on the top 100. Do, 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 300. Do, 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 Number. Pac Man one. Number one. <laughs> Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I remember. Ocarina of Time, whatever you like to say. I like o- saying Ocarina. Ocarina. Ocarina of Time. Um, This game transcends, to me, its franchise. Like, this game could have been any game, but it happened to be Zelda. Uh, when I play this game, I, f- I am Link. Like, I feel like Link, even as a 27-year-old man. Like, uh, <laughs> I feel like a child. I just, oh, yeah. I wake up. I wake up, like, every other day, you know, in the forest. Living in a tree. And living in a tree. <laughs> and uh, I'm, a f- I'm not the fairy boy they thought I was. I'm actually a Hyrulean. Justin, everybody knows you're a fairy. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Deku tree told me. <laughs> no, this this game is, oh man, it's crazy to me. Like Tyler was talking about, uh, like Last of Us being like a perfect game. Like you can't really think of many complaints. Mm-hmm. This game to me is like a perfect game, but I do have like very slight complaints. Uh, that's I'm gonna say those really quick. Jabu Jabu's belly. Uh, that part sucks. It, it's it's cool. The concept of it is awesome. But I don't like all the weird little flaps that you have to remember where to follow through. That's like the weakest part of the game to me. And the Water Temple, I actually really like the Water Temple. But there are yeah. parts of it that I don't. Like, there's one part in particular where you can actually uh, mess up. Yep. In the Master's Quest, especially. If you don't do one door correctly with a key. But it's, it's actually kind of hard to do. But, uh, yeah, that's why it only happened to me once in the Master's Quest. But, uh, this game, the moment you... you and there's actually this. This is actually a very cinematic game. Like there's no there's no talking. It's full of cutscenes. Uh, it's it's pretty actually pretty emotional to me. Pretty deep. Like especially when you leave, when you're going across the bridge for the first time once you beat Deku Tree, and you're about to leave these people that have been your family forever, like your friends and stuff. And the a chick Saria stops you, and. It was a, well, the coolest moment is because like she doesn't really want him to go, but he has to go. Like she, it's like his destiny, and he she gives him an, an orcarina, 
and uh, it's not the Orca in time. Gives it to him, and he could stay there, be easy, but he just turns around, doesn't even look back, and just runs. Then all of a sudden you're in Hyrule Field, and shit is happening out there. This big crazy helicopter-looking thing that flew out of the ground. Uh, <laughs> put in, put in. Uh, it's crazy because when you start walking, I think it becomes like nighttime by the time you yep. get the bridge, and it sets up for a pretty awesome cutscene if I remember correctly, with a Ganondorf on a horse, and he's got. This could be later, actually. Actually, it is. It's later. Three emeralds. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Uh, but when you're walking across for the first time, or any time, like it becomes nighttime, skeletons or not skeletons, these zombie dog things pop out of the ground, you need to kill them. I feel like I'm talking about the, the most interesting things about this game right now. Uh, the, the music in this game uh, is so awesome. My favorite music in the game is the Forest Temple. Uh, it goes so well with that, the, the forest, like... I don't know how you'd even say like the way you think it would sound <laughs> in a really cool song, but it sounds so cool. It gets your gets your blood pumping when you play it, and uh, the tempo is just amazing, by the way. But uh, the, I think the coolest moment in this whole game for me, besides like the ending and the journey, like the, the journey is so great. Like uh, sh- meeting Sheik and she, she uh, he teaches you songs. Yep, and. Uh, it's, so, it's such an emotional thing, and the songs are so cool, like, the way they're played. Each one's unique, you know, you can warp from temple to temple eventually, and uh, each time you play it, it sounds really cool. Like, I, I still remember them. If someone gave me a controller, I could play probably every song on there. Uh, it's, like, Bolero Fire is really cool sounding. Um, like, my, I was going to say my favorite part, though, is, like, when you first pull the sword, for the first time, you pull the sword out of the stone... I've taken the three emeralds, and you become an adult, and your voice is even changing, you make your little noises. It's like, oh, shit. Like, and I, I know, I was, I hadn't even hit puberty yet, and, like, this is just, like, super crazy to me. Like, oh, it's, it, it feels like that's me. Like, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of played the game as a hero, like, I think I would be, like, I kind of looked at it like that was me if I would become older, and... That's how I want to be. If I like, it'd be cool to be in the situation, but, like to be able to do that. Like it feels so amazing. Uh, but yeah, this, there's just so much stuff in this game. Like, uh, like the hook shot and the way you use it is like completely crazy. When you think about how games were back then, and like when it came out, like you shoot across a thing like way across, and even like the camera changes and stuff. Like there's so much stuff you can do in this game and mess around with that it's actually. It's remarkable to me that it came out on the N64. <laughs> There's just so much stuff in this game. Uh, and yeah. I mean, I'm missing all kinds of stuff. I, this is the kind of game where I don't even want to talk about it. I just want people to ask me questions about it. Like, this game, like like you were saying, like this game made you like fall in love with games. Or made you get, this is my game for that, definitely. Like This and Majora's Mask are my two top ones. And... They're completely different, but the same if you look at them for a moment. It's crazy. But, uh, just, I spent more time in this game than any other game I can think of. And it's just like, and I will, I could do it tomorrow. I could do it today. Like, it's crazy. But I don't, because I don't have as much time anymore. But I just, I fucking love that game. It's a masterpiece to me. Nice. And yeah, that's my number one. 
Very cool, man. Well, moving on to uh, Gable, your number one, bro. Ah, the final moment has arrived. Yes. <laughs> My number one game of all time is Chrono Trigger. Oh, shit. Whoa. Chrono Trigger. I played through this game initially when it was released on the Nintendo DS. Every single moment of this game that I played through felt epic. Felt awesome. Felt like I was going through something special from the get-go. From the swell of the musical theme to the go-forth and going through each section as Chrono. Going through and fighting all these bosses. Going through all these specific moments and stuff like that. Just discovering all these time-traveling like uh, elements and stuff. Going to the past. Going to this like... Going to the future, going to like just random bits in time, you know, you travel to all these faraway places like say in all like the dinosaur times, you go to the medieval times, you go to like like sort of a purgatory, like the end of time where like you you have this like this old guide or something that instructs you to like go to like you can go to like these specific type of time portals. You get to like learn certain abilities by like encountering a strange creature called Specchio or something like that where you can, like, learn a various amount of, like, things to go forth and do things and stuff. And the most awesome thing about it all, all of these insane boss battles that you're going through, and some of them are really unexpected, too. The thing about Chrono Trigger is each time, even with the final boss, the final boss, Lavos, all throughout the game you're warned of a specific type of boss that you have to face, his name is Lavos. He's a parasite that comes from, like, worlds and stuff and digs his way through the earth and stuff. And the thing about it is the Day of Reckoning is of a specific date in the year 1999. And when 1999 arrives, he go, he, the creature comes forth and he spews forth from the earth and he just literally devours the planet whole. So, in order for him to do that, he has to spread, like, you know, he spreads his seeds further outwards and stuff. He goes from planet to planet doing this and doing that. And so you're tasked with trying to defeat this almost undefeatable, surmountable like alien that's just invaded this planet. But at the same time, you come across all these random like party members that you meet across time from like of uh, <laughs> uh this warrior that's been transformed into a frog warrior's name is like obviously Frog. <laughs> And you go into the future, and you re you meet this robot by the name of Robo, which helps you out and stuff. And you even go forth and, like, you, like, have enemies that join your party. You have all these random, like, people that just, like, uh, you interact with and get all these various missions and items. Just everything I played in this game just felt like it was worthwhile. There was nothing really that was useless. There was just a lot of all this, all this randomness that just culminated into one cohesive thing. Even though if you were to go to a section, you didn't understand, like, a specific part of, what am I supposed to do right here? If you go to another time, the problem, the puzzle, becomes clear, and this is what you have to do in order to progress. It was very complicated in some aspects, but at the same time, Chrono Trigger was one of the best games in terms of, like, making you feel like you're going on an epic quest, making you feel like you're a hero going to, going through and saving everybody, and all the while you have this utterly fantastic soundtrack going through. And I highly suggest anybody who even 
loves RPGs in the slightest and has never played Chrono Trigger, you gotta do it upon yourself and find this game. Play it on the Virtual Console. Play it on the DS. Find it on the PSN. Maybe play that, even though the port is incredibly, well, slow because of the load times. The thing is, there is a reason why it's considered by many, like many gamers to being one of the best games of all time, and having experienced that back when the game first arrived in the DS... I understand completely what they mean. Because you're getting yourself into an experience that's like... Like one... It's like one of those games where you're just going to play... And you'll remember it for the rest of your life... Because of how influential it was. So... For my number one game of all time... It is Chrono Trigger. For the Nintendo DS. Wow. Awesome. Not I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. No. That's crazy. Wow. Well... <laughs> uh. It is 4.15 in the morning central really? time. Uh, we yep. have been on this call for almost, for over six for over six hours now. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why I said, that guys, <laughs> all in one go. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it's been a marathon for us, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, enjoyed this. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, we are on Facebook. We have a page and group. Uh, at Gin Gaming Podcast, so like and join us on there. On Twitter, it is at Gin Gaming Pod, so follow us on there. On YouTube, it's Generation Gaming, so subscribe there, like our videos, It'd be great, and tell friends. And then also on Twitch, it is um, Gin Gin Gaming Podcast, so follow us on there as well. Subscribe, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, but I want to thank you guys so much for listening to us. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, this. We had a lot of fun putting the list together and talking about it. Um, yeah, so tell us what you think. I hope you guys list all of them. Uh, I was your host. I was Tyler. I was Justin. And I have been the Jack of Hearts. GG, everyone. It's time to go to sleep now. Yeah. I'm going to suplex into bed. <laughs> we're out. Bye. He's completely nude. <laughs> we got a brand new collaboration here. Oh, my God.